0: how are we doing today? Today we're talking about uh, really how to reset your food expectations. I think how to be at peace with food. And I think that's a, that's a great place to start actually is do you feel at peace with food? You know, do you feel like you can just sit down and eat a meal and not feel stressed about it? You know, and if it feels like over the years, your relationship with food has maybe become like, I think for some people it's become like scary or confusing and hopeless. But if that's how you feel, I'll say you're in the right place today. You always are when you're listening to me. <laughs> uh, by the end of this, well, it depends. If I'm talking about something you have no idea about, then maybe not. But uh, this is something I do know a thing or two about. So, you know, really I hope by the end of this episode, you understand how you can be at peace with food, like what that actually looks like, not just in terms of theoretical, but in a practical way. And so you can really just enjoy every bite with, you know, Know, every bite that you eat. So, but uh, before we dive into it, I always like to share the things that I offer people for free. And that is if you want to hop on a quick 15, cha- 15 minute chat with me, if you ever feel like, Hey, you know what? I'd like a little bit of help with this so I can, um, you know, all of this sounds really good, but I don't really know how to make it personal to me. Awesome. Freedomnutrition.rocks.rocks. Let's chat. And uh, on top of that, you can get a copy of my ebook, Crush Your Cravings, freedomnutrition.rocks slash book. That'll get you a copy of, uh, Crush Your Cravings. And, uh, The free three free seven-day challenges. I always trip up over that one. (laughs) You can sign up for any of my uh, free seven-day challenges here at freedomnutrition.rocks slash seven-day challenge. All right, cool. So, you know, uh, I think the question here is, do you feel peaceful when it comes to the food that you eat? You know, do you feel at peace when it comes to the food that you eat? And, you know, um, and maybe you could also ask, well, how do you feel about your relationship with food? What What is it like for you? You know, and I, I think about, in, I often share from my own experience, right? So for me, I had a very difficult relationship with food. Uh, for me, I would say food is what I would call an emotional anesthetic. So I was using it to avoid dealing with difficult emotions. And, you know, mealtime would feel like a, it feel like a tug of war. I don't know how else, like, yeah, I think it's a good way to put it. Mealtime would feel like a tug of war. So I really wanted to eat the food, but. I felt like the food that I was eating was the problem. In other words, I want to eat this food, (laughs) but this food's going to cause me to gain weight and make me fat. And so I feel really frustrated about that. And so very often what I ended up doing is like wolfing down my food because I wanted to eat it, but I didn't want to see it in front of me, if that makes sense. And so it was this really, I just like, I couldn't be at peace with food because really I wasn't at peace with myself and where I was at physically with my body. And so, um, you know, how does it feel for you to sit down at mealtimes? What is that like for you? You know, does it feel like this tug of war? And I would say, you know, I really didn't feel like I trusted myself around food or I trusted my, even trust my body around food. It was almost like if I eat this food, like my body's going to betray me. And, you know, being in this place, <clears throat> excuse me, um, despite knowing better, I would find myself eating a lot of unhealthy foods and it was this really tough cycle to be to be caught in because, Here's the crazy thing. Eating food is a natural and necessary part of life. Without it, we would die. But somehow, like, eating has become the most unnatural activity ever. Like, isn't this bizarre? You know, our food choices are almost unlimited, right? Restaurants are everywhere. Stores are getting bigger and bigger. Even if you just wanted to eat an apple, there's like dozens of choices out there, right? And yet, despite all the choices, because, and maybe maybe because of them, actually – there's, there's something called the paradox of choice where really when we're, we're faced with um, too much choice, it becomes extremely difficult for us to settle on anything. But it can lead us to feeling really quite like hopelessly trapped um, when it comes to food. So it's like we crave, like we want to do something good. We want to do something good for ourselves. We want to do something good for our body. But then when we eat something, we feel so incredibly guilty and maybe even like tortured about it. And it's like, what could be more frustrating than that? Like to feel tortured or to feel guilty about doing a thing that is absolutely necessary for life. <laughs> eating is necessary for our survival, and it's something we really need to do every day. Like, yes, okay, we can go a number of days without eating and probably still stay alive, but this is a this is an essential part of being alive. And yet, so for so many of us, like it's it's a it's a struggle. And so, you know, let's ask, well, what are what are some of the um. Some of the unhealthy behaviors that, or just simply behaviors that you recognize around food that are that are unhealthy for you. And of course, as always, I like to share from my past experience. So here's some behaviors that I had um, really around food, thanks to my difficult and tortured relationship with food. Now I wonder if you've ever felt any of these. So um, craving and overeating high sugar foods. Um, eating mostly highly processed foods because these foods are engineered to create a certain response in our brain. And so this was a great way to do that. Uh, Not wanting to eat vegetables. So here's an interesting one. They reminded me that I was overweight and it was like, I have to eat these vegetables because I'm overweight and I don't get to eat this food that I want to eat. And, I was like a petulant child sometimes around eating vegetables because I was like, because it reminded me, like I felt as though I was being forced to eat vegetables because I was overweight. I didn't see it for, for what it really was, you know, or, um, like overeating and then restricting, you know, have a day where I just went totally nuts around food. And then the next day I was like, I'm going to fast. And that's where interesting as a side note, this is where intermittent fasting can be a bit of a slippery slope. I think it can be a useful tool. Absolutely. There's people that have gotten some really good results from intermittent fasting, but this idea of I'm going to fast to compensate for my eating behaviors yesterday really starts this disordered cycle of eating and it's not helpful. And so for anyone who's considering or using intermittent fasting, it's a slippery slope just to be a little bit mindful of, right? Uh, What about like overeating and then overexercising to compensate, you know? And, and, you know, I think about these behaviors now, I look back and I think on the surface, it feels like these behaviors should have been easy to stop because they really didn't make me feel good. In fact, they made me feel terrible, but you know, here's the key. Like not only do these behaviors have a physical component to it, but there's also this like emotional and mental component to it as well. And so when it came to me trying to lose weight, like I would, I would try to address the, the physical behaviors Without addressing these underlying issues, the mental and the emotional issues that also needed to be taken care of. But if we don't address these underlying issues, it can be nearly impossible to change, especially when we're talking about having a disordered relationship with food. And so if we flip that around and we say, um, what would being at peace with food look like for you? What, what would that look like? You know, and here's a couple things that I think about. Of course, I'm going to share with you <laughs> what I feel like, you know, being at peace with food looks like, you know, when, when I'm hungry. Uh, I stop, or sorry, I eat. <laughs> when I'm full, I stop eating, right? So hungry, you eat. When you're full, you stop eating. So it just feels like a natural thing where you're kind of in tune with your body. Uh, things like you can, you can eat any food that you want, and then usually not overeat it, right? And And I will say now, in saying these things, I do want to put a little caveat in there. And that's, that's, to be thoughtful about hyper processed like what we call these high bliss foods because they are more difficult to regulate our consumption of because they're specifically engineered to be exactly that so food scientists have figured out how to make these foods really difficult for us to us to regulate the consumption of but then we think about okay um, you know if i if i overeat okay cool i just move on to like the next day right? Okay, cool. I, I had a I had a less than ideal day because this is, this is not like a three month journey. I think one of the traps that I got stuck in for so long was treating this like I just have to get through this for a couple of months then I can go back to doing whatever I want, you know? And so, uh, how about like being able to eat a variety of foods, not afraid to feel hungry. You know, do you ever feel like hunger is an emergency where, it's like I have to eat right now, or else, and your brain comes up with like this really dire prediction of like what's going to happen. Like if, if if I don't eat, and it's, it's really interesting to ask that question because it can feel like this really really urgent sensation. Oh, I have to eat right now. I'm hangry. I'm, and we use all of these sort of. I'm starving. I'm like whoa, hang on a sec here. Has it been like three four days since you've eaten like a single crumb? no okay okay so you're probably not starving now i don't really mean to be mocking but i mean we take a step back and we think about these sort of this extreme language we get to using around food i was starving really really no you were hungry right and so we're allowed to challenge some of these feelings and emotions um how about um, trusting ourselves to eat what we need? I think a, a disordered relationship with food is is like built on not trusting ourselves and feeling kind of tortured around what it is that we eat, and so we could say like learning how to make peace with food is really genuinely life changing because. Think about like, like I think about for how many years I've struggled or had struggled with my relationship with food, right? So to be able to make peace with food, because you're going to be eating almost every day of your life for the rest of your life. Think about that just for one sec for, I hope pretty much every day of your life for the rest of your life, you're going to be eating. So what would it be like? And hopefully have many, many years of life left. So you think, what would it be like to be at peace with food? And and I want to talk about. So I shared some things. Here's how I picture being at peace with food. What I picture it looking like. And I want to I want to share just a couple of practical things. How I how I actually view this. So the first one I was talking about was to eat when you're hungry. Well, what what do we mean by that? Because you know sometimes we can confuse what I call like above the neck and below the neck hunger. Now, the you know our body actually does have a really really amazing mechanism that tells us when it's time to eat, and that is hunger. You know, but. Sometimes it's difficult for us to distinguish between like what is actual physical hunger, like my body requires nourishment, versus um, you know I just want to eat because I feel uncomfortable. And and a very very simple test for me, I call it like the plain food test. What I what I eat celery, what I eat tuna, what I eat you know just something that's really not exciting okay, that's probably below the neck hunger. That's probably that physical hunger genuinely versus above the neck hunger is I want a Snickers bar right now. I want Doritos right now. I want ice cream right now. So we're it's very, very specific and it's almost always a highly processed food. Like I, I have yet to hear someone and someone genuinely mean it like, ooh, I'm just craving a head of broccoli right now. Just, just raw broccoli, just give it to me. Oh, I just want to, oh, that crunch. Like we don't crave those foods because they don't create the same bliss response in our brain. And so hunger is really one of the, if we want to be at peace with food, it's like we make this commitment that I'm not going to eat until I'm hungry, until until I'm genuinely hungry. And then when I am genuinely physically hungry, I'm just going to let myself eat, (laughs) you know, I'm hungry? Okay. So it's part of restoring this kind of trust that we have in our body and trust we have with ourselves about this eating process. So I guess I'm curious here, you know, how do you feel about this idea of trying to listen to hunger? Do you feel confident? Do you feel nervous? Does it does it make you feel like ooh, I don't know about that, right? Because if you haven't really done this before, this can be a real challenge to try to do. And so I would just say, like, be patient with yourself because. These signals are still there. You haven't lost them altogether, but you, you might not be used to tuning into them. It might be a little bit rusty because maybe you haven't been used to using that as actually a cue to eat. Because if you think about it, you know, probably from the time that we were kids, we we're taught to eat on a schedule. Okay. It's 7am breakfast time. Cause we've got to get you to school. Uh, okay. It's noon. So it's lunch or it's, it's recess, it's snack time and so on. So we were, we we're basically trained to eat on a schedule of certain times. And now look in saying this, I, I also want to put one other caveat in there. I do understand that, that we're talking about some ideal circumstances. There will be times, maybe related to your professional constraints or whatnot that you can't always eat according to this fashion. This isn't an all or nothing thing here. It's when you can do this, do this, practice this, right? You know, and so, uh, you think about all the different reasons why we eat, uh, entertainment, boredom, celebration, or just like in response to cravings. So if we can, if we have the opportunity to use hunger as our guide, like when to eat, it's one of the most helpful things we can, we can genuinely do to really make peace with food and it's a way of telling our body that we care about it, you know? So it's like, Hey, it's almost like you're telling your body, look, if you're hungry, I'm going to give you some food. It's going to be okay. Okay. Right, so we're really kind of restoring that peace and and trust in our body, which sounds so funny to use words like this, doesn't it? Like to trust ourselves, to be at peace with food, and so on, you know. And yet, I think we live in this crazy time where we've never like disorder. You think disorder eating was a thing two hundred years ago? I don't think so because they, they didn't have enough food to have disordered eating, you know. Uh, so the second thing here really is to stop eating when you're full. How about that? And and again, it feels like maybe a novel thing. And this is a little bit more difficult than waiting until you're hungry before you eat. And again, so it's like, if you're going to try to do something like this, like I like to call it being friends with hunger, you know, allowing myself to experience it. But the flip side of it, uh, stop when satisfied. Now this can be a little bit more difficult because we don't come with like a level gauge on our stomach, right? There isn't like a little bring down here that says, okay, we're reaching 80% capacity or something like that. Right? So if you're going to try to do this, this idea of stopping when satisfied, stop eating when you're, when you're full, when you're, you don't need more food, Uh, if, if it's a struggle, it's like, don't, don't beat yourself up over it because yeah, this is going to be a process. And we can think about this too. You're probably going to want to overeat because how long has that been a pattern connected to eating, right? How long has it been this pattern of, of just eating and eating and eating for as long as there's food available? Like it's, it's really normal to do this. And I think this is one of the fears around trying to tune into our body's cues and signals is. Well, shoot, I haven't done this for like pretty much my entire life. How am I going to do this? I'm probably going to eat everything inside. I'm going to overeat. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to blow up and gain a whole bunch of weight, you know, and so on. Now, look, the truth is like, it's, it's normal to have feelings like this because when something tastes really good, we want to keep on eating it. So, uh, (laughs) it's like, how, how do you feel about this thought? You know, obviously this is a reflective question really, but it's like, how do you feel about stopping when you're full? What just the thought of that? What does it does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel trusting? Like where do you feel like that in relation to kind of your body and and really where you're at? So, he, like here's how we can do this. I think it's helpful to give you kind of just a practical to to pay attention to how full you are. It's like like when you finish maybe half the food you were intending on eating, stop and actually check in with yourself. Do you ever do this where you sit and you just put your fork down and you go like Where am I at right now? How am I feeling? Uh, I could probably do a couple more bites, you know? Um, But you just like ask yourself, it's again, probably if you've never done this, it sounds like a really funny thing to do. Ask yourself if you had enough. And if you hadn't, have a few more bites, maybe three more bites and then check in with yourself again. Where am I at? And really like take your time and enjoy your food. I think this is one of the things that I, you know, for so many years I couldn't do was actually enjoy my food. I just couldn't sit down and enjoy it. And it's crazy to think about, like how much enjoyment did I miss out on because I was wolfing my food down because I had such a tortured relationship with food. It's like slowing down and checking in with yourself. You're giving yourself permission to truly enjoy what you're eating. How about that? And and let's just say this. Hey, look, if you overshoot, because you know what? This is a skill that you haven't really practiced. Cool. Don't make it a big deal. You're learning to listen to your body. And if you haven't done this for most of your life, it is going to take some time to learn this. Like your body knows what to do, but it does take time to get our brain kind of tuned up to pick up on and be aware of these signals when not only did we maybe not tune into it, maybe for most of our life, we're used to suppressing it, right? So it, it, but really it's like, just keep practicing. Kind of in a more practical sense, I would say plan food ahead of time. So what do we mean by this? I don't necessarily mean, you know, international meal prep day on Sunday afternoon where you're making all your f- food in like these perfect little plastic containers. Like, no, no, I don't really mean that, but it's like, have an idea, uh, the day uh, before, like what your next day's meals are going to look like. Now, why does this matter? It's helpful because really it removes stress. Cause I'll imagine when you come up to maybe the time that you're going to eat and you haven't really planned anything. And then you go, uh, oh, what am I going to eat? I don't know. What do I want to eat? Oh man. You know, I'm just like really hungry now. And, uh, so you get caught into this trap and it actually feels kind of stressful because like, I don't really know what to eat, but if you already had kind of a note of, Hey, here's what I'm going to eat tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to have some pork chops and some roast veggies and some rice. All right, cool. I already know what I'm going to eat. The plan's there. I don't have to stress about it. You know, so it's, the, the thought of planning our meals, I think sometimes it's been distorted a little bit by like the fitness and bodybuilding industry where it's like, you know, you got to plan seven days in advance and everything is perfectly portioned in these perfect little containers. And th- No, it's just have an idea what you're going to eat the next day. So when it comes to the time that you're going to eat, you're not sitting here waffling and struggling and oh, now that I'm hungry and so on. So having a plan just takes a lot of stress away. Um, so, but I'd, I'd like to, I'm curious though, like, so when you hear plan your food, what do you picture that looking like? You know, do you, you know, I talk about, cause I was involved in the fitness and bodybuilding industry for a number of years and kind of what that looks like, you know, do you picture it looking like, you know, I call it international meal prep day, you know, now here's the thing. Okay. We talk about planning your food. So if you're going out, plan for it, right? If you're going to have ice cream for dessert, plan for it, you know, plan to eat enough food over the course of the day and plan to eat foods that you generally enjoy, you know, and then stick to it. So what this also does is this helps you to not just eat on impulse. We talk about getting to that time you want to eat and you're hungry. And if you already kind of have a plan in place, then you're not just going to impulsively eat. Cause we know that when we go to eat on impulse, we don't make good decisions, right? And so in a sense, we're saying you can have anything you want, but but plan for it the day before. And that way, if you're tempted to just eat some crap, that's totally unhelpful, you can say to yourself, you know what, I didn't plan for that. And of course you could plan it for the next day, right? Cause you know, i will put this in tomorrow's plan, but you know, what we can say is when we, when we do this, it's like this little mental switch here. When you do this, it's like after the urge to eat, something has passed. You don't really want it the next day. So you're, you're kind of good. Number four would be to, to never restrict in response to overeating. Now, this is something that I did a lot. I did it so many times, like over and over again, overeat, feel horrible, restrict, like starve myself for the next day. I say starve, really it'd be like fasting for the next day, wanting to punish myself for having too much to eat. And it's like, not only do I feel terrible physically, but just, I was angry with myself, you know, and wanting to starve myself for the next day to, to, to punish myself for a behavior to make up for like a binge or overeating. And so, and we could ask like, how do you feel in response to a day where you overeat? What, what sort of comes to mind for you? You know, because when we when we like try to punish ourselves for quote unquote bad behavior it just facilitates the cycle continuing you know overeating punishing overeating restriction and so on and it's like instead plan to set yourself up for success you just talk to planning your meals so did you eat something the day before that kind of created a craving did you not eat enough the day before or the meal before are you getting enough healthy fats because fats are a good part of feeling satiety around meals and so you can use a simple food journal it doesn't have to be counting calories but just a simple food journal and kind of look at it and you Use that to make food plans that work for you. And kind of the last thing I'm just going to touch on to wrap up here is changing your self-talk. And this one's a this one's an interesting one because maybe we could say like the, the way that you talk to yourself or that I talk to myself, it might feel really normal that and, and I was in this place that I didn't realize how bad it was until I started becoming aware of it. And and I just want to I really want to hammer this point home. It does not work to help you to lose weight you know, beating yourself up. Let's just say this, if beating yourself up was going to work, it would have worked by now. And so we'd ask the question, like, how would you describe your self Talk something to kind of think about, you know, how would you describe it? What is it like for you? You know? Um, because here's some ways that we might set, sa- like, I'll, I'll just share some examples from my own experience and maybe some of the things I've heard from clients, but it's a way that we, we really sabotage and undermine our efforts by the way that we talk to ourselves. Uh, I am never, oh, I'm never, you know, able to do this, or I always do this, you know? And that's what we call like all or nothing thinking. And it's usually not even true, right? Our brain forms what we call cognitive distortions. In other words, we have an exaggerated sense of reality. Uh, comparing myself to others. Talking about good or bad. I really try to get away from this idea of quote unquote good and bad. Because when we say good and bad, we're starting to create a moral judgment around it, Like, ooh, I'm going to be bad and eat this thing here. And, and And we get a little bit of pleasure from like ooh I was I was naughty because I ate this thing no no you' you're, you're an adult you're just making a conscious decision to eat something. It's not good or bad. you're not a morally good person or virtuous person for eating broccoli, and you're not a morally bad person for eating chocolate. When we start to create this, that's what starts to create ooh, I want to eat this to be bad because it feels good to be bad <laughs> you know? that's that's the voice that I use when <laughs> that's the voice that I use ooh. <laughs> But here's the thing, like really seriously, like saying mean and cruel things to ourselves or to others, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Now think about things like I have to eat this, or I can't resist eating this. I can't stop myself. There's just, I just can't, I'm out of control. So whenever we use language like this, that makes us like a helpless victim as well, it, it means I'm powerless to change this. And we want to be empowered to change this, right? And so you think of what the words that we use can really change and affect how we eat so if you're if you if you say things like oh i just there's no hope of doing this uh, and well how can we change if that's what we believe to be true you know the words change how we feel about ourselves and so just because you think it doesn't make it true and 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 maybe the last thing to say about this is the things that you say to yourself would you ever say them to someone that you love the the, the self talk that you have if you were to say that to to your best friend or your partner your husband your wife your spouse What would that sound like? You know, and and it's like, I used to do this because I, I, I was convinced that, I don't know, somehow that beating myself up was going to motivate me, but it never does, right? We can't make ourselves feel good about ourselves by making ourselves feel terrible about ourselves. Let's say that again. We can't make ourselves feel good about ourselves by making ourselves feel terrible about ourselves, right? You can't find peace with food by beating yourself up. It just isn't going to happen. So really pay attention to what you say about yourself. You know, be kind, be compassionate. These are terms that I use quite a bit now. And, you know, five years ago, I would have never used these words. It would have been like restrict, you know, ugh, and so on. Be kind and compassionate because you're going to, you're going to hear some things maybe you don't like, because you actually start to become aware of your self-talk and you might be shocked. So just quickly to tie it all together again, um, I want to quickly recap. So uh, number one was eat when you're hungry, you know, eat when you're hungry it, it, and, and don't eat when you're not hungry. Uh, number two was stop eating when you're full. <laughs> so when you're actually full, stop eating. There's more food in the house. It's going to be waiting for you tomorrow. If you want to eat more of something, but you're full, put it in the fridge and save it for tomorrow, right? Um, plan your food ahead of time. You know, uh, if, you, if you have an idea about what you're going to eat, you, you, you eliminate the stress of mealtime coming up and you go, oh, I don't know what I want to do, you know? So plan ahead of time. And if you have this plan in place, it just means that, hey, you don't have to stress so much and, and do something impulsive at mealtime. Um, don't restrict in response to overeating because all it does is feed the cycle. You know, it feeds the, the, the binge restrict type cycle, right? Overeat, feel bad, punish myself, starve myself, overeat because I'm now excessively hungry and so on, you know, and lastly, change your self-talk. Like really, it it, it seems like such a, I don't know, it seems like it should be such a simple thing, but it can be a really tricky thing to do. But that it could, it, you know, this stuff can be genuinely life changing if you apply it, right? If if you really truly want to be at peace with food, and so you know, I hope that you found this helpful. I, I really want it to be thought provoking. I want you to be able to take practical things away from these episodes. And so, if so, of course, I'd love to hear hear from you um, in in the comments as well. So my hope is that you're inspired, that you're encouraged. Knowing that not only that you can achieve a healthy relationship with food, but you know, like how you can do that, what it looks like and where you're at peace. So look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So take care.